Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. Jesus is going to talk about a shepherd and sheep and a sheepfold and thieves and robbers. And this is going to be a continuation of what we've talked about in chapters 8 and 9. If you've been with us in those chapters, you know there's this great conflict going on between Jesus and the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders. And most recently, this conflict centers around a man who was born blind, who Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Jesus has claimed to be God. He's claimed to be the Messiah. He even used for himself the unspeakable name of God and said that he's been around since before Abraham. In today's text, he's going to contrast himself, the good shepherd, with these Jewish leaders who are thieves and robbers and who are not the reliable and faithful leaders of the Jewish people that they think they are in their own minds. Chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So far in this illustration, the sheep are the people of Israel, rank and file Jewish folks. The thieves and robbers are the Jewish leaders, the teachers, the Pharisees. And to understand this illustration, you need to picture a sheepfold in your mind. This would have been out in a pasture somewhere or maybe in town, but it's a rock wall enclosure, maybe four or five feet high. And there's just one opening in that rock wall, which is the doorway that the sheep can go out and come in. But so far, the people who are hearing Jesus say this, they don't understand what he means. Obviously, they know the components of the illustration, very familiar with them. But they don't get the connection. Verse 7, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. So what's interesting about these sheepfolds from back in the day is that lots of times there wasn't actually a door on the sheepfold. Rather, the shepherd himself would lay in front of the opening or sit in front of the opening. The shepherd himself was the door and Jesus is saying that about himself. He's referring to this, of course, in a spiritual sense, using a physical illustration from the real world. And he says that all the ones who came before him, he's not referring to faithful prophets from the Old Testament. He's referring to these Pharisees and other unfaithful Jewish leaders who have led the people astray. They've come into the sheepfold like thieves and robbers with ill intent, misguided purposes. So what Jesus is saying here might not sound as sharp or as antagonistic as some of what we've seen in chapters 8 and 9, but it certainly packs the same punch. Continuing in verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now this is really interesting because Jesus has already called the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees thieves and robbers. And now he says that the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Is that really what these Jewish teachers are all about? That sounds pretty drastic. I would suggest based on other portions of scripture that Jesus here is referring to Satan, the thief. But here's what's interesting. 
something. Even though it might seem unfair to suggest that the Pharisees and Jewish leaders also want to steal and kill and destroy, the fact is that if they're not on the side of Jesus, then they are on the side of Satan. And it might not be their intent to steal and kill and destroy to the degree that it is Satan's attempt. Nevertheless, they are his agents in the world and they are doing his purposes. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Again, Jesus is insinuating that the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees are more like hired hands than good shepherds. They actually don't care about the sheep. They're just in it for themselves and when push comes to shove, they're going to cover their own tail and hit the road. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also that they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. When Jesus is talking about these other sheep, he's referring to Gentiles, that is, people who are not descendants of Abraham, non-Jewish people who will come to faith in him and thereby be brought into the sheepfold of God. This idea is abhorrent to the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees. They think that because they are descendants of God's chosen people, Israel, that this covenant they have with God is only theirs and it's only available to people who are born into the family and who follow the rules of God. But God's redemptive plan from way back in the Old Testament, as we've covered in the Bible overview, has always been to include people from every tribe, tongue, and nation around the world. Lots and lots of non-Jewish people over the course of human history will have come to faith in Jesus Christ and will be part of the sheepfold of God. I, for example, and many of you are some of those Gentiles. Praise God that he had a larger vision for humanity than just Israel. Verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Of course, he's foreshadowing his death and his resurrection, making everyone understand that he is doing this willingly. Verse 19, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Those people, by the way, would have been people who are not part of the sheepfold of God. They would have been people who are following the thieves and robbers, the false Jewish leaders and Pharisees of Israel. However, others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And these folks are looking back to the miracle that happened in chapter 9 saying, listen, we saw this miracle happen. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind man? This guy must be from God. And these are the words of somebody who is not oppressed by a demon. A couple quick things that come out of this before we wrap it up. Number one, there is no avoiding the fact that the truth of Jesus Christ will create division. It is an automatic byproduct of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If maintaining peace requires us to misrepresent the divisiveness of the gospel, we got to go with allegiance to the truth of the gospel over maintaining peace with people. Secondly, and we've heard this over and over in John and the other gospels, Jesus sees himself as the only way to God. Jesus is not pluralistic. There are not many paths to God, according to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. At the same time, Jesus is very inclusive. He'll take anybody from any tribe, tongue, or nation who puts their faith and trust in him. And finally, John 10.10, one of my favorite verses, he says that he has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. God didn't send Jesus to the world to put a bunch of rules on us and restrict us and make our lives worse than they would be without those restrictions. Rather, because God loves us, because Jesus wants us to have the most abundant life possible, he reveals to us the design 
design that God has given for our lives so that we can have the most fulfilling and abundant lives by living within the parameters that he's laid out, which are for our own good. Kind of like a sheepfold to keep us protected from predators and thieves and robbers and the one who wishes to steal and kill and destroy. Come back for more from John 10 next time. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.